0: I did like the season <laughs> intro. I was just listening to
1: it today. Yeah, but we're halfway into the season now.
0: Are I'll we? Do I'll do it. All right, take it. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you on it.
1: Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast with one simple vision.
2: Welcome back for another Strong Towers podcast. I'm your co-host, Tom Edwards, here in the studio with John Ackerman and Mike Lara. And tonight we've got our friend Jeff Kuzma along for the ride uh, to have a conversation about ego. So as we've been kind of taking a, a deep dive into our internal uh, headspace, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, we've done validation and we talked about fear and it seemed like ego was another good place to to kind of park for a little bit and dig into the roadblocks that ego throws up for us, the the role that it's supposed to play in a healthy situation, how it can fall off the rails um, in a couple of different ways with ego and so, we asked Jeff along for tonight, not because of his incredibly outsized ego, <laughs> but <laughs> actually kind of the opposite. So, Jeff, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of where you're coming from and who you are, what you've done.
3: Sure. Well, thanks, guys, for having me. Appreciate the opportunity to come on and chat. Most importantly, just hanging out and chatting with you guys. Yes, Tom said, I'm Jeff Kuzma. Um, I... I've got four kids it's funny when you're asked to define yourself or like introduce yourself what you start with yeah Mm -hmm. man where am i going to go with that but i uh, i got four kids at home i'm married i have four kids been married to my wife for i'll be 25 years i can't believe it nice yeah it's been great four great kids um just sent our first daughter off to college at virginia tech so she's That's a big deal. Yeah. And she's doing great. There's, I'll tell you, there's, that's been a great, I was thinking about that today to have a daughter go off or a son and go off to college and just seeing them kind of at least thriving and adjusting well. Wow. It's just so thankful for that. Um, so that's great. So I got still three in the, in the nest at home and they're a lot of fun. Um, I, um, I spent, uh, share some in common with Mike here. I spent 20 years in the military i mean i was the air force so it's debatable (laughs) on that but um, um but uh no so i've i kind of appreciated some of your you know anecdotes about being in the military i certainly relate with that and um i got out of the military in um 2014 and so uh thought we'd be moving back to colorado and finding a job back there but the lord had other plans for us and so we're still here Never thought of myself as a Virginian. Certainly, <laughs> certainly not a southern gentleman. Um, but uh we've been here probably longer now than anywhere else. So I guess that's calling calling home. So yeah. yeah. So that's my my high level,
2: high level intro. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks. So we should start poking holes in it?
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs>
1: this is honestly Touch one of my shit. favorite hobbies. Touch I mean Jeff, we've been friends for a little while now, and you're honestly one of the people that I love spending time with in a group because I love watching how you carry yourself in a group of people, especially in a group of people that don't know you yet. And you're just so matter-of-fact with conversation. You're, You're such an incredible encourager of other people. You are genuinely impressed by what other people do or have done or are in the process of doing. And I love just being able to sit there and every once in a while throw out a little Jeff factoid that I carry around in my pocket and then just watch people have to respond to it. Mm. So like, you know, for example, one of my favorite ones is you know, one of the things that brought Jeff to the Air Force. Jeff, what took you to the Air Force?
3: Um, you mean like running related? Yeah. Um, well, I did, I did run um, in college at the Air Force Academy. And then that kind of um, carried on as sort of a the theme, at least through my my more competitive years. And I guess it's still kind of a theme now, even though I'm not a competitive runner anymore. Um, it's still certainly been a theme in my life. I don't know that I knew it at the time, you mm-hmm. know, um, that what role running would have in, in mm-hmm. my life. But as I look back, you know, it's... I don't know that I... I never set out for that, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. But it sure has been a central theme in my life, even though I've tried to quit multiple times.
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> Just not working, huh? It's
3: yeah. So, but thankfully the Lord uh, has, has definitely used that. And I'm so super thankful for that. So,
2: Even in that, the, the humbleness of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah, I did some running at the air force Academy and through my competitive years, that was your job. In the Air Force for a while was it not? You were on their competitive, yeah. I I distancing. was. So
3: I ran. I did run professionally yeah. for a few years um, as part of the Air Force, and it was intended to be more of like an outreach, you know, like a marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was good. I mean, you got I got a lot of good publicity, I think, and you know, and hopefully, you know, I give me a chance to talk about the Air Force, and um, and so yeah, I did have the opportunity to live the professional athlete professional runner dream for several years and Mm -hmm. um yeah and i it's not that i like don't want to talk about it you know I, i i enjoy talking about it i you know i mean aspects of it but i i've also been i've also never been wanting to be defined by mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh this is jeff kuzma and he runs the 800 or the mile in such and such a time yep. because that's kind of how they introduce you in running circles a lot yeah right? Right. like if you're meeting someone new you go to these races and dudes are like hey this is my buddy jeff he's a 146 800 guy and then all of a sudden they'll talk to you and you're cool but right you know or hey this is jeff kuzma you know he you know he got um you know he just got he just won the milrose games then they're like oh wow dude nice job right yeah but yeah for sure So, I've always been... That's probably made me go the other way. And, you know, a lot of people at my work, I try not to advertise that because, you know, I'm at work trying to be an engineer and a project lead. And just because I can run a fast or I ran fast back in the day... No, you still run fast. You still run fast. I mean, relatively, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) So, I mean, I just i i'm okay I, I just don't want that to be the defining thing for me and people know me by yeah because i'm a runner that seems yeah. kind of
0: shallow to me right. but. i mean and even in the way you introduced yourself right i'm a i'm a husband and a father of four is, is your introduction right and i remember the first time i actually got to like sit down at a table with you was as we were preparing to run the ragnar and we were short a couple guys and oh. and uh and John had said, hey, I, you know, I got a, I got a couple guys I can call, maybe a ringer or two. And I'm like, all right, a ringer or two. All right, we'll see what you got. And we sat around the table, and everybody's introducing themselves and doing that, that same old thing of, you know, I'm Mike, and the last race I ran was like a half marathon, you know, uh, six months ago. I ran a 50-mile or such-and-such such time ago. And there's Jeff sitting across the table, and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I ran a race of maybe, you know, like a year ago or something. And I'm like, oh, he, he's, he looks athletic, but, okay, he ran a race a year ago. And then – John slowly s- slides his phone over to me <laughs> and I look on the phone and it's this article and, and I, ha- I had it up right now, but it's, a, it's, a, it's quoted. Here's, here's the thing it says in the article. It says, uh, Kuzma displays Olympic-level talent and skills of members in the world-class athlete program. And I went, wait, what? Like you told me you had a ringer, but I didn't know it was like a ringer ringer, right? And sure enough, I remember the first time I saw you run. Like I've, I've heard the analogy put up like you've, you've heard people play the guitar, but then you hear people like, Play the guitar. Yeah. I've seen people run, and I've seen you run, and it's a completely another level of running than anything I've ever seen. So, again, as we as we jump into this topic of ego, it is so easy for us to automatically assume the topic goes to the negative and the opposite end of the ego when we're sitting with the man here at this table. That it's almost the exact opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, with so much humbleness.
2: Well, but I I love also the kind of juxtaposition of like clearly you were given a gift in the area of running right you you were blessed to have natural ability that most people cannot touch in their wildest dreams but like you said you, you don't want to be defined by that right, that's yeah. not like who you really have seen yourself as so yes i'm i'm really good at this thing but let's let's move past it let's right, yeah. you know talk about other stuff
3: Yeah. Well, you know, on that note, you said it's a gifting, which I think it really is. And so maybe that's part of it is it was a gift that I was really just given. I didn't really. Yeah, I worked hard. You know, I tried really hard. Mm -hmm. I was dedicated. Yeah. I like to think that I, you know, made the most of the gift. But at the end of the day, I mean, it was just a gift that I had given or had been given. Mm -hmm. Right. No different than someone who has a gift to sing, you know, that and so it seemed a little bit. It seems a little bit false to be taking a lot of pride or ego in really a natural gifting that you didn't really do anything to get. You know, mm-hmm. you you just picked the right parents. I, guess. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, so no, I'm I'm certainly thankful for and and and, and satisfied with again the the, the work that I put in and I'm, but again, and, and even that though, as thankful, well, I mean, how much of that is attributed to good coaching, mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. training partners. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of it, a lot of, and so I did a, a part of that, but a lot of times I tell my runners, Hey, you know, you can be a pretty decent runner or, or really anything. If you're just willing to put your head down and work at it and then surround yeah. yourself with the right people. Right. You know, now yeah. granted that's only going to take you so far, but then that's where the gifting comes in. And so, I feel like it's a little false. It would be false for me to really stand up and like try and take more credit for that than I deserve. So I don't know.
1: And I really like what we've been saying about not just being known for the one thing or recognizing what we've been naturally gifted with. And so not needing to necessarily promote ourselves with that not having that be the singular, you know, piece of our identity that we put forward as to, you know, this is who I am and this is what I want you to see, and and having that just be part of the entirety. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny we talked about Ragnar a little bit and just how cool it was to to run with this group of guys. Yeah, yeah, and and we had a few studs in there. Yeah, for sure. But a lot of the other studs were in the other van, <laughs> and so it was it was the four of us. Yeah, you know, plus a couple of the guys and. And so again, like, you know, I've known Jeff for a while, but I've never seen Jeff in that particular element before. And so I had to lead off our particular group, which also then felt really uncomfortable. Of like, I've got to go run knowing that all these other guys have covered way more distance. Like Mike, you talk about like 10 mile runs in the military. And I'm like, I've, I've never done more than half of that. And, you know, hearing some of Jeff's stories, once you drag it out of him a little bit and hearing some of Tom's stories. And, and so I go do my first run, which was also then when I got lost. <laughs> right so (laughs) and so i'm coming in even more fatigued than i had expected to be but i felt like you know i i owe it to these guys to really push it and so that last half mile or whatever it was like i tried to kick it into whatever other high gear i thought i had knowing i still got two more legs to do at some point and i come around a corner and hit the handoff And one of the first things I remember, there could have been other things. It could have just been the blood pounding that was blocking out the first few things. But one of the first things I remember was Jeff coming up to me like, dude, you came flying in. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Jeff Kuzma just gave me a running compliment and it was 100% sincere. I love this guy. Yeah. Like, the, the, there's no false comparison here. There's no like, hey, yeah. that, that wasn't too bad or that was pretty, like, you know, the recognition of other people's giftings where they are, not in any comparative way, but just a I I see that, that you're giving the absolute best that you have, and I love it. And I'm like, I love this guy. Like, yeah. th- this, ah, Jeff Kuzma, one of my favorites. And and so I think that hits on a little bit of where we're trying to get at with ego is that we often think of ego as just the, the super inflation of right. you know, who we want other people to believe that we are. And I think probably just more simply, ego is just how we present ourselves. And as we've already yeah. covered, it's just as easy to undersell yourself as it is over. And so I think part of what we're trying to get at in this conversation is how can we be genuine? Yeah. Right. How can we be genuine with the truth of who we are, both the giftings that we have been given because everybody's got something. And then the recognition of the giftings in others in a way that doesn't promote a false sense of comparison or competition or things like that. How, how do we accept the best of who we are and the places that still have room for improvement and do the same with others? And Mm -hmm. that was just one of those moments for me in that race of, I just, I, I love that about Jeff, that knowing what I know about him, that he can look at what I just did and be like, dude, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was 100% genuine.
2: Yeah. There's a, a level of, I don't know if this is quite the, the right phrasing, but I feel like a, a right level of confidence mm-hmm. in that, you know, a healthy level of confidence in, I know what I bring to the table. I don't need to be defined by what I can bring to the table. And so I can appreciate what other people bring to the table. You know, like that story you were in something, you know, you were in an element that, that Jeff has excelled in and he would go on to run faster legs than that. (laughs) You know, shortly thereafter Um, he can still appreciate. Yeah. And, And that comes from, the the confidence I think that you have Jeff, uh, in, in yourself and, and in the gifting that you bring and knowing, you know, this is who I am and I'm secure in who I am. And so I can be there for other people, even though, you know, they're quote unquote competing in my space sort of, um, you know, and and I think you've, you know, you've turned that around now into coaching runners as well. And, um, you know, maybe someday you'll, you'll get a kid that, that has as much potential as you did. But I know from my days of coaching that, uh, there's a lot of, of kids that are just out there doing their best or want to have, you know, a a sport or whatever on, on the resume and, you know, and you've got to be able to kind of come down to that level and not have that expectation of, well, this is the way that we did it when, when I was at the top of my game, and so this is going to be my expectation for you. Like, right. I know what I can do. I'm confident in that. Let yeah. me let me praise you for what you can do.
3: Yeah. I mean, a couple thoughts on that. One, I, I guess, to your point, John, I mean, and all, all you guys, it might sound kind of trivial. We were just the guys goofing off running Ragnar. But one thing that struck me was you guys all gave it your all. Mm-hmm. Like, you ran hard. I, I kind of thought going in that you know, you'd run, but it was more just having a good time. You know, I don't want to push that hard. What's the point? Like, why do you need to push it that hard? It's a Ragnar relay. We're not going to win any world records. We're not trying to make an Olympic team here. Right. So let's just chill out, have some fun. But no, you guys laid it on the line. I'm serious. And I mean, I was telling my kids the other day. You know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, running, for example. I, you, you know, we're all, we're all hurting just as bad as the other person. So you might look at me and go, Oh man, how come Kuzman can run so fast? Doesn't even look like he's hurting. And I kind of tell my kids, like I bet you I'm hurting just as much or more than you are Mm -hmm. just because I'm running faster. It's all the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so you should be, so it's looking at someone's heart and seeing where their heart is. And yeah, if someone's dogging it, you know, I don't care if they run, you know, a 15 minute 5k, if they're just dogging it, I don't know that I have really, as much respect yeah. as I would right. and and praiseworthiness for someone who's given it their all. And so they run 22 or 25 or 30, you know, mm-hmm. if they're giving it their all and you can tell someone's really pouring it on and giving it their all, that's really what it's all about. And that's what I noticed about you and you all you guys really.
0: Yeah. So, it's cool. As you guys have talked about it, Jeff, you know, one of the things that, that comes to mind is that you do have this, like, just ability to just be um, a great coach and even, and even just a great friend, right? You, like, just even the way you've kind of built this up, even in, the, even in the last sentence you just said, one of the things that I've had to deal with in the past is is trying to get over, I, I guess, my false identity, right? I've always – I had this band for a while, you know, like one of those Lance Armstrong bands, but I had this band that would – that said, uh, just try to stop me. And hmm. it was – I had that mindset of hustle, like, all right, you know, I'm going to prove you wrong, and it wasn't until I would say, and I've talked about this before in the last year or two, that I've really kind of tried to shut off that underdog mentality, that orphan mentality. And I've had a, a, a change in heart in the way I, I perceive myself and, and the way I identify myself and categorize my ego or my flesh. But like hearing you speak and how genuine you are, is that something that you've had to like learn? Is that something that you think even earlier on in your career or when you were at the times that, uh, at the Air Force is something that you carried Throughout that time, or is this something that was like learned later on in life? I think two things on that.
3: I think I've learned. Also, I think, I mean, I've had some success and I'm thankful for that. I mean, we've all had some successes, I think. And so, not only, and so running, I've had some successes. Running happens to be pretty quantifiable and objection. You know, yeah. I ran this time, mm-hmm. I made this team, I made him in this place. And it's pretty, And that's kind of funny you ask. That's kind of how I got into running. So maybe I wasn't quite as secure in myself because I was doing team sports and playing basketball where other activities where you talk about ego, right? I mean, you can turn on the TV and watch professional sports. You can see some egos. And I always was taken with kind of like more of like the distance running or the harder, tougher endurance type sports like because you don't really see like a miler or a half a miler trying to stare you down before the race (laughs) (laughs) you know it's not about the bling that they're wearing it's not any of that because you're like dude i gotta i I don't have any energy to have ego right now so i i think i was maybe more intimidated at a younger age by and maybe i kind of still am a little bit by you know the that kind of mentality of jumping up and down getting all psyched up so i was like and then there was also the you're kind of judged by that too as if your coach is trying to choose who they're going to have be their starters on the starting 5 you know and you got a guy who's kind of quiet just kind of takes care of business unless the coach can really see through that and go man this dude can really play maybe maybe he's not the flashiest player so he doesn't yeah. he doesn't make the most noise so I think I kind of gravitated towards a more and even I the reason I picked up running is cuz I knew that at the end of the day it was the top 3 people make the Olympic team. It don't matter anything else. In one race or, or you, you top 3 people make the team. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what shoes you wear, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what someone thinks of you or doesn't think of you. It's pretty objectionable and, uh, and so I kind of gravitated towards that cuz I felt like it took the ego out of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess some of those successes I had and then some other, you know, successes, you know, just having the opportunity to graduate from the Air Force Academy in a, in a military career and a, maybe, you know, we, again, we all have these successes, but, you know, stepping back and going, you know, I don't, I don't know that I need to, like, prove myself to anyone per se. I'm thankful yeah. for some of the things that I was able to accomplish. And so I don't know that I really feel like threatened per se, especially not by guys run out there running. I mean it's all right.
1: mm-hmm. it
3: it's it, it does get more challenging in areas that you're not gifted in or you haven't had success in, right? When you start going, Man, I'm not that great of a public speaker or man, I wish I was a better artist or yeah, yeah. you know, or I wish I was a more thoughtful I wish I read more. You know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Man, I wish I could like be a woodworker and build sailboats. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm less of a person or like, gosh, you know, I, it, that's the slope, the slope you get down is when you start focusing on things you can't do. And then I guess back to being secure and the gifts that's, that's been given you there. So
1: Hmm.
3: I think I said there were two things. I don't know if I, (laughs) I don't know where I went with all those. I think one of them was that whole coaching, uh, getting recognized.
2: And then the other thing was just the, um, the ego that people yeah. had, you know, running mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah. Anyway, how about trying to pass that on to the kids that you coach, right? Say, say you do have a kid that is showing some promise, showing some talent. How do you keep them humble is not, I don't think the right phrase. Cause that seems like you're trying to like hold them back from something. You know, how do you coach that right mindset?
3: That's, I mean, that's a great question. I might take that even further and say, you know, how do you coach that? But then how do you also like foster that in your own family Mm -hmm. with your kids? And I don't know, maybe coworkers, you know? And I mean, I think the first thing is trying to model that. It kind of helps that I can still compete with my kids on the cross country team. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think, you know, they, there's a, well, when you've had some success in a certain area, like running, it gives you, for right or wrong, it gives you some instant kind of, sound of credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think kids see how you carry yourself, and they go, "Wow, you know, he doesn't carry himself, or he carries himself a way that is is interesting. You know, maybe different than what I thought." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some of it's modeling the right behavior. I I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, in trying to model that and talk to my kids about that, like my own kids, you know, I think it's just establishing a kind of a quiet confidence and that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they need to have their own confidence in whatever it is they're trying to do um, in themselves and also in the gifting that the Lord's given them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that, yeah, it's, it, it it's tough and just Trying to sort of, you know, admonish them a little bit in a, in a good way that hey, you know, you don't need to shout this from the mountaintops and have everyone look at me and look at me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can use the tactic that all you're doing when you do that is put a target on yourself, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You sure you want to? You sure you want to go down that road and try and live up to that? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You know, and so maybe that's going off the other side of of maybe sometimes you might be a little hesitant to to step out and go hey look at me because then you set that, you kind of automatically set a bar for yourself. Right. That now you're just trying to achieve this bar because, oh yeah, you were shooting your mouth off or trying right. to portray that you knew how to do all
2: this stuff. And now, so you sure you want to do that? So Right. Um,
0: so but I think there's,
2: that. you know, there's this fine line to walk between recognizing and appreciating and fostering the giftings in your kids but also giving them kind of that realistic sense of who they are and, mm-hmm. and awareness of their capabilities. Uh, you know, one, one of the things that I remember going back several years now, but, you know, the like the first several seasons of American Idol, you, you know, you always get that kid that gets up there and is terrible, mm-hmm. and the judges <laughs> tell them, and they yeah. have, like, Peers and mm. everybody always told me I was so great yeah. and you're just sitting there watching going how could anybody <laughs> listen to you sing and tell you that you were good Yeah, yeah. you know and so there, that's like the other side of it of not you're almost setting your kids up for yeah. failure at that point because you're not giving them a realistic expectation or, or viewpoint of, of what it is that they actually can do
1: yeah, it feels like such a tricky balance because I remember when I was coaching, you know, it was primarily girls volleyball with one very ill-fated basketball season thrown in there too. <laughs> that was a train wreck. But you know, it, it was always so tough doing cuts mm. right at the beginning of the season. And I always dreaded, like you, you could almost tell that there were going to be a couple of kids that you cut for very justifiable reasons that just weren't at the threshold for whatever team you know they were trying out for and you could just tell their sense of perspective of their ability relative to others was way off. Mm -hmm. And without fail, every year there was a parent or two that would come in and just ream out the coaching staff Mm. for, I can't believe you cut my kid, don't you know how great they are? And you could never say it, but you wanted to be like, have you watched other people play this sport? (laughs) Like, have you even just watched other people that your child is playing with? Play this work right. because to everybody else this seems blatantly obvious that that there is a disconnect here, and you're right. I mean there's there's that tension of how do you how do you hold the middle of you don't want to just crush them and be like sorry you suck, you know because there is the potential for growth right there is the potential for just maximum effort given you know regardless of talent level in some cases and in others you still have to hold onto the reality of this is where I am if what I'm attempting to do is compete at a high level or just compete at the next level.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, it's got to be a a shifting kind of thing too, right? My daughter, four years old, just took a dance class, her first dance class today. She's four, she's dancing and twirling around and whatever, and it's fun and she loves it. And, you know, and so there's a level of expectation now on her as a preschooler in dance class that would not be the same level of expectation if, you know, she gets into middle school, high school and is still taking classes or is thinking about, uh, you know, doing competitions or, or something like that. You know, with the, the volleyball or the basketball, you come from growing up in a, in a rec league system where there's multiple teams and you're the one guard on the team on your team and then you go try out for the high school team and all the guards from those teams are all trying out for the same and coach is only going to take three or four of them. Right. right? And so, yes, you may have been good in that position, but we've got great in that position right now. And so that expectation, I feel like just in terms of instilling that in your kids, there's, there is a level of reality. I think that we have to be, Uh, kind of threading the needle with of you can still do this and you can have fun doing this, but it's, it may not end up being this, you know, they talk about that with athletics all the time of, you know, the, the 5% or 2% or whatever it is that get to that next level. Yeah. Whether it's rec to high school, high school to college, college to pros so that you're
0: not devastated. Right. When that no comes. Yeah. And from a reverse perspective, right, we're talking about a lot of the expectations that we set for our kids. But I think a lot of that also on the flip side is also the motivation that our kids have to want to compete in these different levels, right? Like another army story, go figure. But I remember, <laughs> I remember, um, I was like an E four, and at the time, it was I just come back from air, airborne school, and I had like my first little badge that I got a pin on my chest, and I'm like, I, I want more, right? Like I, I wanted to go to like aerosol school. I want to go to be a ranger, and I'm like, I had all this motivation to do stuff. And I remember talking to a platoon sergeant in on the opposite end of the thing. He's asking me like, "Well, you know, why do you want to go to ranger school? Why do you want to go to aerosol? And I'm like, because. Because I want the medal, I want the badge, I want the, the the tab. He's like, but you're not. You're but about the experience. Like those, that's what's important. Mm. And we had another platoon sergeant that was another edge that had all those badges. he would walk around the hall, strutting his stuff, like scuba uh, badges make the badges make the soldier. And, and the other platoon sergeant, none would not wear, any, wasn't wearing any of those badges. He's like, Mike, it's it's not about that. Mm. And I'm like, all right, dude, you don't have any badges. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Next day, uniform inspection. This guy, ranger tab the pathfinder air scuba this guy had all the badges and i'm looking at this guy like whoa dude yesterday your boots weren't even shined and here you are today fully decked out and i'm like amazed by that and my and and his his answer was like but i'm the same person right like i've learned a lot from these schools my motivation was to learn and to get all this stuff, not so much to have the shiny thing on my chest so that I can, you know, hang up in my closet later on, but it's, it was the experience that I gained from those, right? And I, I look back to what we're, what we're talking about as far as like trying to instill this in our kids. It's also instilling like trying to teach them those motivating factors, right? Yeah. And not being, Hey dude, like do this to earn a medal or to, or, or to be a self-absorbed, you know, in a way of, of, of accomplishment, you know? Right. Yeah. Or to, to be first, right? Yeah, like, dealing with that with a almost six year old now, <laughs>
2: like running down the sidewalk. Yeah, you know, we sister can't win if yeah. she's too close. Yeah. He gets
0: angry. Yeah. Like, dude, well, I I felt the same way. We've had to flip the whole thing. We're 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 Team Lara now, so we don't even race upstairs to the bathroom. We we have relay races now, where I I have to <laughs> let let uh, Kellen tag his brother in so they can they can do, because I'm really trying to yeah get over that whole like you have to win everything right like yeah uh, and so no i I agree i say i it's it's hard it's a hard balance
2: hey guys tom here if you like the conversation that we were having uh, this week on the podcast, make sure to give us a, a like or a review in your podcasting app. And we'd love for you to join in the conversation uh, beyond just, uh, just what we got to talk through this week. So uh, find us on Facebook. We have a private group on Facebook now. You can uh, get to that through our website, strong towers.com, or on Facebook, you can search for We Are Strong Towers. Uh, like I said, it is a private group, so you'll need to ask uh, for us to to let you in there just to keep it a safe space for guys to engage in, in deep conversation as we look at these topics that are uh, so important to who we are and, and uh, how we approach life. And follow us on social media also at strong underscore towers on Instagram and Twitter.